0: This is the Radical Geek signing off, but coming up next is Nutty Bites, with your geek queen, Nutty Nuchas, and her upside down and flying co-host, Tech. So sit back, enjoy, and don't touch that dial on your podcatcher.
1: Hello, Mixnet Cases. This is Nuchas, and we've got an episode of Intro to Ghibli for you. Yes, it's been a really long time since we've done one of these, and I am so happy to be back. Yeah, no, really, so happy to be back, and uh, with me as always... Hi, I'm Tech, and I'm really
0: confused.
1: Yeah, 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 and our guides through all
2: of Ghibli-verse... Hi! I'm Jen. And I'm Jason, and my eyes are spinning like a Pokemon who's fainted in the anime of of that game because I've done way too much research to make this movie work.
3: Uh, I
1: mean, it's, yeah, yeah. So, uh before we get into it, before yes. we get into it, there is, we have a method to these things. Tech, what is our tech-style summary?
0: I have to give you, I have to somehow sum this up in 30 seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, imagine Ursula K. Le Guin, royalty in sci-fi writing, winner of eight Hugos, six Nebulas, and 22 Locus Awards, Grandmaster of Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, a living legend according to the Library of Congress, what if we took four of her books, smashed them into a two-hour movie, and had the wrong Miyazaki direct this movie? Yeah. How good could it possibly be? Let's find out.
1: <laughs> so this, I was really excited to watch this movie um, because I love Ursula's writing. Now, I've never read Earth, any of the Ursula's books so i and i had been holding off on reading them because i knew we this was one of those the movies in the ghibli cast and um i was really excited (laughs) and 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 then and then we watched two hours that felt like three
0: (laughs) tech initial reactions (sighs) in my initial reaction to this is there was an era of Japanese role-playing game that came out in the mid to late 90s on the PS1, where they started adding like full motion video, uh, cutscenes to standard Japanese role-playing games. So like the Final Fantasy stuff that I grew up playing, but all of a sudden, games like, uh, Lufia and Lunar and Ease and, Grandia, uh, a bunch of other, all of a sudden, they started turning into, um, movies into these anime movies Studio Ghibli even animated one whose name escapes me right now uh Oh one. Nino Kuni Oh oh Nino Kuni Yeah Nino Kuni Nino Kuni done by Ghibli and done amazing and this looks exactly like that I'm like oh this must be based on a video game or it must be done by a studio that did that did Lunar because it looks exactly like Lunar No it isn't <laughs> 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 and and so I had high hopes. I, I had high hopes going to... It starts, okay, so they're using a flat color style. Uh, they're still killing animators with their water animation. The music is
2: amazing. It's like, all that, right. That battle scene at the beginning between the dragons definitely murdered some animators. Oh, yeah.
0: And, and you know, they're spitting the ash out of their scales. Just It looks so good. And it, it's, all right, we're starting good. All right, we're doing a fantasy piece. Okay, magic swords. Okay, dragons. Okay, weathermancers. All right, this is this is what happens about 15 minutes in. It just goes off the rails and <laughs> we'll, 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 get more into that. But my initial reaction, you know, starting to watch this, I, I had high hopes. This looked good. This was fun. This trip, that nostalgia vibe for those like early JRPGs. Like I was talking about. So
1: Jen and Jason, what is your experience with this film and initial thoughts?
3: Um, I've only seen this film a couple times thoroughly. Um, Probably the first time I didn't watch it all the way through, and to me it was a very almost dark movie, and I still have that thought after watching it again today.
2: That's fair.
4: Yeah, that's it,
2: it it gets quite dark. Mm-hmm. So for me, a lot of the Ghibli stuff when it first was released on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, I bought instinctively because I because there's I think there's a total of. 25 or 30 ghibli films in total you know if you take it, if you take it into consideration the ones made without miyazaki the ones with takahata and the ones with miyazaki 24 um, by our count yeah and this is one i bought and initially i watched it and i'm like all right that was a thing oh and
1: this is when jen and jason dropped out of zoom uh, accidentally, so we tried to get back and where we were, so we kinda go back in the conversation a little bit. Recording resumed.
0: Right. So the the animation style used in this movie is very similar to the one used in those E V cut those those video cutscenes in games like Nino Cooney and Lunar and Lufia and Ease and about a million others. And I, I thought and I did I, I did some digging to try to see if those other games were also done by Ghibli and they weren't, or maybe uh, one of the animators or one of the original artists had worked on these other games and they didn't, but it really does remind me a lot of those games. And Jason, you're probably the only other person alive who's even come close to playing any of them. So, uh...
2: so I think what it is, is that back in that day when we were bringing JRPGs over uh, to the United States and we got those cutscenes, right? Like you see those studios even though gaming studios have nothing tangentially connected, other than a tangential connection to anime, they wanted to be like the Walt Disney of Japan, right. which is Jimmy. So they would try to, you know, take a little bit of those, that flair, because that animation style is very well suited for cutscenes. I mean, look at how Boy, beautiful Nino Kuni is. It's gorgeous. Right? Like, and that's when... that's. That's when Ghibli says, "Hey, watch this." Exactly. That's
0: my my thing with this is like like Tales from Earthsea. As I start watching this, is like this feels like cutscenes out of a JRPG. And having watched this movie, I can say that it's no surprise. I really didn't care much for this movie, but I would play the crap out of this JRPG.
2: So here's the thing, right? Miyazaki and Goro, or I should say, the Miyazakis, Goro and Hayao Hayao Miyazaki. Um, they didn't just take all four of the books and mashed them together. They only took two. They took book three and book no. four and mashed them together. Kayao's own book that Yes, with his yes, the the one that Jin mentioned. He did a fifteen um page um soft can cover can manga. I repeat
3: that because I think that got cut out. So Ursula is the original author of the mm-hmm. Ursie books. Um and I guess she's got like four of them. They're all, they're all pretty p- spaced out. Um, but Miyazaki did his own adaptation of the books into a manga. And basically, that's what was turned into his movie. And Ursula has said, it is a good movie, yeah. but it is not my book. And she later on said that she was very disappointed by the
2: end of Miyazaki's Ursie, Which is what I find to be hilarious, because the the farthest shore, which is the third book in this four book series, came out in 1972. The fourth book, um, Te, Tehu Tehahu? Tehahu? Tehanu, something. It's Tahani. it's a weird name. That I, I Her was name. Slaughter and slaughter. Yeah. Tahana. Thank you. Yes. It didn't come out till 1990. And
1: people are mad at George R. R. Martin. <laughs>
2: Oh, they would be, if George R. R. Martin did what she did, they'd be furious because she starts the book before the end of the third book so she can change the ending. So there were two endings to the third book. The first ending was Ged the wizard gets on his boat and does like the the Pompoko ending and sails off into the ocean, never to be heard from again. And so then she was like, so another. An- Another interesting special,
0: so that book that Miyazaki wrote in '83 is called The Journey of Shuna. He also used a lot of the themes and elements of the The Journey of Shuna. He used in Princess Mononoke and uh, Noska Valley of the Wind.
2: Yes. So the so real quick, the second ending was the a dragon drops the wizard off mm-hmm. to Tanar's house, and she nurses him back to health. There's a whole plot backstory that of, for both these characters mm-hmm. that's not in this movie or his adaptation because he doesn't do the first two books. The first book is about Ged and his backstory and his coming of age story, basically Luke Skywalker. Uh, and then the second book is about Tanar and she's basically the Princess Leia kind of sort of. Um, they're just not related. Uh, but you are right about the Nausicaa and the Princess Mononoke thing because in the special features on the Blu-ray, um. Uh, the producer at Ghibli, the one who reigns Miyazaki and Takahata in, Suzuki, uh, he talks about how Miyazaki wanted their first film to be an adaptation of Earthsea. Before he did Nausicaä Valley of the Wind, he wanted to do Tales of Earthsea. And they were like, mm, I don't know, man. Tech
1: actually was reading something about that earlier. He was talking about how, you want to tell? Which one? How, um, Uh, They kept um, coming to uh, Ursula K. Lagoon saying, we want
0: to do an adaptation. She said she would say no. She wanted no no adaptations done of her books. No, 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 no. And then Miyazaki asks her and she says, oh, hell no. Then he wins the Academy Award. For Spirited Away. For Spirited Away. And she's like, oh, that guy wants to do my movie? I guess we can let him. So then they go back and they say, hey, Miyazaki, Ursula said, yes, you can make your Tales from Earthsea movie now. He's like, I can't. He was halfway through uh, filming... Howl's. Yeah, Howl's Moving Castle. It's like, well, I don't have time to make it, but we can let my boy Goro do it, so they let his son make it, and it was his first... It was a directorial debut. Um, Talk about yeah. being under now, the Now, the one thing that I cannot fault this movie for is, um, like all of the other Miyazaki movies, okay, this thing murders animators, but more than just... It's not... The animation is not nearly as pretty... And as detailed as things like Mononoke or Nausicaa. It's it's not that level of detail. Comma, but. The visual storytelling. That if you watch this on mute with no subtitles. And all you had to go on was the pictures on the screen. Every individual frame of this movie tells an amazing story. Yeah. There's a scene at the beginning where you watch a Sparrowhawk walking through the desert. And he goes into the ruined galleons. Just that scene speaks... Volumes about the world, about how it's changed, and it isn't what it used to be, and it's changed rather, you know, very drastically, and it's changed suddenly, and then that, um, when that pack of, like, wolf creature things is chasing Aaron, you can see they animated the ribs under the fur of those dogs to show you that they're starving, yeah. to show you that this isn't a place that people come very often and that there are opportunistic scavengers. And they just, they build this storytelling visually, beautifully, and then it has no payoff. If uh, if I may,
1: if you watch this as a <laughs> silent film, you would probably understand as much of the story as we do with the audio. Um Oof. <laughs> but... The downside to that is you do not get to listen to Timothy Dalton's sexy voice.
2: So, okay. So this is what kills me. Cause when we were rewatching this, I was doing the research so I could start filling in the holes. Cause there's massive holes in this movie's plot. Holy cow.
0: I have a couple. I, I have questions. I'll get to in a minute. <laughs> we should do a segment of our questions
2: again, without the first two books, you have no idea who Sparrowhawk is. You have no idea who Tanar is or why it's significant that they're living together. But spoilers for the fourth book, that's the entire thing. They settle down and live together and raise the girl with the scar on her face. There's but there's there's even more backstory for her in the stories.
1: Can I can I and- just say that when you tell me that it, it is not based on the four books, as I had read that it was based on the four books, but actually on the second two books, that makes sense. Because it feels like we were dropped in the middle of the
0: story. Yeah. Um, and that works sometimes. I mean, Lucas made it work with Star Wars episode four
2: where we were airdropped.
0: Yeah, but you know. he didn't really have a story already.
2: Yeah. Dude, let's be let's don't give that man that much credit. He I'm pretty sure he made those prequels up. Forty years later, he's like, Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't tell all the story.
1: No, Lucas always said, I have I have six episodes. Okay. He had
0: an outline. Yeah, he had an outline. He fleshed out his middle four, his yeah. middle three into the movies, and I guarantee you his original plot outline from nineteen seventy-seven, when he wrote it yeah. didn't include Jar Jar and didn't include Pod Racing. He put those in after the fact yeah. and ruined those movies. But but hey, we got uh, duel of the fates out so of it. Can I so it's can fine. I ask? I am going to ask a question cuz you've done the research and uh maybe you guys know the answer to this. Why does Aaron kill his father? Why? Okay. Because okay. they don't freaking <laughs> explain it at all. The movie starts with bam, murder and then run away with a magic sword and then the rest of the movie is I killed my father, but never tells us why. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Got
3: it. What was that, Jason? So, Aaron is.
2: Okay. No, now I told Jim, go ahead.
3: <laughs> so, Aaron is kind of succumbing to what's going on all around the world where everybody's okay. kind of going mad. And he has a good side and a bad side that's fighting inside of him. His bad side is winning. You will see it when he goes to fight the um, mm-hmm. slave drivers, traders, slave traders, yeah. um, where he says, I don't care about that. Yeah, life. and
0: he gets that crazy face. And
3: he, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. You
0: so, think they could have explained that? Yes. So, okay. well, <laughs> yes.
2: Okay. So, my opinion. so, here's the first Mac truck sized plot hole because they smashed the third and the fourth book together. The third book is the story of Aaron and Aaron trying to fulfill a prophecy to become the next king, and he goes on an adventure with Git, or AKA Sparrowhawk. In that, we find out that Ged, had or Sparrowhawk, because they they don't don't call him Ged in this movie, they call him Sparrowhawk. But
1: the title of the book, the movie in Japan,
2: is The Journey of Ged. Yeah, yeah. So in the books, Ged is also known as Sparrowhawk. There was a uh,
3: movie release in Japan that didn't go anywhere else that had a lot to do with it, too.
2: Yeah. So Ged and Aaron go on an adventure. Come to find out there is a... There is a hole in all of existence caused by Cobb in this movie, Lord Cobb, the warlock. Basically what happened was Cobb fought Ged early in his time as a warlock and lost. After he lost, he mastered the dark arts to stay alive forever, which is why in this movie he's trying to use the slaves to find a certain person because he wants to remove all good magic from the world so his dark arts will be supreme. In the books, his actions have caused this hole that is draining the essence of the world and driving people mad. So, the reason why Aaron kills his father in the movie is because he's been driven mad by a plot point from the book that splits him in half into a good side and a bad side.
1: Had we known that he was going Crazy, and he was disturbed because his sides were splitting. It would have also made me stop saying "ducking teenagers" every time he did something stupid. Because (laughs) if you watch this with me and I say "ducking teenagers,"
3: (laughs) you cannot blame his age on killing his father. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in my defense, I never killed my mother, and I went through teenage years. So, did anybody else notice that
0: when Sparrowhawk was in bird form, that he looked exactly like Pidgey, the Pokemon? <laughs>
2: okay, so I also have more Down plot hole filling for for uh, for Ged's magic. So in the third book, when they fight Cobb, they kill his. They kill they they separate his soul from his physical body because his soul can be killed, but his mm-hmm. physical body cannot. Physical body crawls into the afterlife just to, to hide from Ged. And if
3: you watch it, they have that yeah. drug in the very beginning. Yes.
2: I mean, it's not heroin. Palsier or hazier, whatever (laughs) they call it. Yeah. 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 And so basically what ends up happening is Ged and Aaron follow him into the afterlife. And Ged sacrifices his magical powers to defeat Cobb. And they are then taken from the afterlife by a dragon. Aaron is deposited near his kingdom where he realizes because he lived through the afterlife and has the magic sword... He fulfilled the prophecy, thus becoming the new king. Uh, Ged is dropped off in the original ending on a boat or, or near his in his hometown where he gets on his boat and sails off into the sea never to be heard from again. Let's get to the fourth book where she retcons the ending. He's dropped off at Tanar's house. Tanar raises him back to good health. They, they settle down together, fall in love, and have a family with the girl with a scar on it. By
1: face. the way, can I just say, oh, Ursula, you- and, and I hate to use gendered slang like this, but Ursula has got to have, like, some of the biggest balls in publishing. Oh, yeah, I wrote that book, but I'm going to rewrite the ending in my next book that I write
2: 20 years later. Like, oh, my God. Oh, she's got, she's got massive <laughs> cojones. Because not only did she rewrite the ending, but she made the sequel to the first book, which had a brown protagonist... Because in the books, okay. they are not white. They are they oh. are people of color. So she has a male protagonist of color in the first book and then makes a female protagonist of color who shuns tradition in the second book. Girl is swinging it out here okay. right in these okay, books. Okay,
0: so that's a point against Ghibli for changing that. Um, okay, so one of the big, uh, another gaping plot point hold that I'm sure Jason can help elucidate here there's they mention again and again and again in about the first 20 minutes of the movie that magic is gone all of the magic is gone the magic is going away the world is dying everything is changing because the magic is gone we have to find the magic even when they meet that heroin dealer and it's like ah archmage i see your magic is gone too you have nothing left then bam Two minutes later, he's like, I had to use a spell of finding and I found you using my magic. Now I'm going to change into a magic bird.
2: I thought the magic was gone. All of a sudden, you've got freaking magic again? So because of what Cobb is doing, the hole that he has made in all of existence that is draining the essence from the world and causing this widespread madness, the signs of the madness are that magic users forget the true names of things. So they cannot sing the songs. Do you, do you they think they could have explained that? That's why. At the be- well, they do in the beginning of the movie on the boat right. when says, they see can't the dragons the fighting name of the waves in the wind. Yeah, but then, but they never. Yeah, I can't they remember they never, their true name well, at least sufficiently
0: for my dumb brain. Sufficiently explained how important true names were to everything, because yeah. then near the conclusion, mm-hmm. like, yes, my real name is this, and my real name is that, and don't forget it, and who cares? Like, like. Yeah, we we know that real names
1: are important in magic things, but we never got an idea of what is the magic system here? What are the dragons? Like they mentioned dragons used to be people, but then they wanted freedom. And it's like, wait, so why shouldn't we all want to be dragons?
3: They The way that they put it, though, was dragons and humans were one. So they never actually say what species or what anything they were. They just said they went separate ways. They
0: were Tanukis who rode the golden boat into the sunset.
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Sparrowhawk at one point does say that the way that the magic works is um, yeah. that you have to know something's true name, and it's just manipulation. It's nothing more.
2: So we lose the origins of the magic system in this because we don't use the book first book or the second. Book. And to be fair, the second book is not as integral to the magic system because one of Tanar's big things is she denounces magic. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ged's, Ged's original master who taught him magic offered to teach her. She said, no, she's like, I, I love you. And I care for you. You're a great teacher but I am not learning magic. And she settles down with a normal human has two kids has a great life, which then kicks off the third, which kicks off the fourth book where he, her husband has died. Her kids have grown up and she's taking care of the farm by herself. And a dragon drops off Ged and says, Hey, he's dying. Can you fix him? Yeah. And she's like the hell and, and fixes him.
1: Look, if a dragon drops somebody on your lap and says, can you fix them? You do it. You know why? Because you are crunchy and taste good
0: with ketchup.
4: Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Roar. So, yeah. the, the first
0: thing that really annoyed me with this movie, because I'm building up little annoyances as we're going, then all of a sudden there's a scene with the uh, the girl, the grumpy girl with a burn on her face. What's her name? Uh, uh, taru? Huh? Oh, man. Yeah. Taru, and taru. taru. Yeah, Taru. taru. Yeah. So, Taru is standing out in a field singing a song for what feels like 38 minutes. She goes through, like, the epic of Beowulf singing this song. It goes on forever singing a song. I'm like, oh, they must be building up to an ending. And she's just repeating verses and singing a song, and then it just stops. She just turns and looks, and there's Aaron, and she just stops, like, mid-verse. There's no end to the song. There's no nothing. It just
2: It's the epic of Beowulf. (laughs) And then she stops. So, by the way... This movie could have been darker. By the way, it's pretty it's dark. dark already. It is pretty dark. But, but her origin story in the book is her f- biological. Her, or they they don't say biological. They say her natural father threw her into a bonfire and left her to die.
1: Oh, that's even worse than what the. Uh, well, they do mention
0: that they burned her.
1: Yeah, right. they said they burned her. They abused her. They burned her and they left her on the side of the road. But they did. Yep. Yeah, that it could have been worse. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So in the book, her father, her natural father, leaves her to burn in a fire. So I have a question: Was she not always a dragon? So, so again, massive plot hole. Uh, so the dragon that dropped off Ged in the fourth book to Tar to uh, to, to, to Tar to, to Nar's house is Taru's father, her biological father. Do you <laughs> think they could <laughs> so, explain that? So, so. <laughs> That's because it's the end of the fourth book. So <laughs> it has nothing to do with this. Movie. Yeah. So, oh, so, Tanar actually—that's fa- why they started before the end of the third
4: book.
1: Okay. 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 Wait. 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 So the dragon that drops off um Sparrowhawk yep. uh, is the father who his father. puts his dragon kid in a bonfire. No, oh, her, her human, human father. father. Oh. Okay. 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 That 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 that
0: changes yeah. things. Yeah. Jo- Joseph. Yeah. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Yeah. So God. so basically Dragon Jesus drops off Ged and sees Mary, aka Tanar, and then sees Baby G- Baby Lady Jesus, uh Taro goes, Oh, I need a dip. And so don't he don't leaves
1: upset.
0: Don't be upset <laughs> at
2: these baby lady Jesus. <laughs> but I mean that's basically what Dragons happens. Dragons are gone. Um, it's it's all nice. Okay, so it just- this has it's always five. led me
0: to one of my favorite uh, my man. favorite jokes of like everything Jesus went to Joseph it's
2: like you're not my real dad. <laughs> There's a TikTok i wrote this in you guys. It's great, but um, cause cause basically he goes it's, it's, it's in the TikTok this guy goes hey Mary look at this wonderful pie how'd you make this Joseph you don't have any apples you don't have any 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 dough you don't bake and he goes
4: see. <laughs> <laughs> That so good. Good. That's good. It's that. <laughs>
2: so good. But okay, so 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 Tanar, so so okay, so in the book, Ged is dropped off at Tanar's house and nursed back to health. And they settle down, start a family with Taru on the farm. Mind you, Aaron is not in the fourth book at all. He's become king doing his king thing. Because he fulfilled the prophecy. Luke Skywalker's out here running things, doing his stuff. The, in that book, crazy things happen and you find out that taru at the end of it all is the ha- she's the she's the unification of humanity and dragons she's half dragon ah. half human and that's when you find out that that the dragon who saved ged is her father and he asks her do you want to come live with us and she says no i want to stay here with them the, and the, that's the, the end of the movie. two and-
1: hours long they could have just done the hey do <laughs> you want to come home with me
0: so,
2: Well, the thing is, the, the the story they tell in this movie, they they set up at the beginning when uh, Root, um, the wizard, the old man wizard with the yeah. king before he gets shank, shake, shank, 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 shank. Uh, Yeah, he tells the king, you know, dragons and humans used to be one, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of yeah. the movie or at the end of this movie. Taru is the exemplification. Like the of that. So yeah.
0: Cobb, the villain, Cobb, the villain yeah. has a mm-hmm. face that looks like he's a baby between no face from Spirited Away and Vega from Street Fighter. Except it's not a mask; it's just his head. I, like, it, okay, so is Cobb? And, vo- and it's voiced by Willem Dafoe. Like, we I need the creepy whispering creepiest. the entire time.
1: It's great. Right. <laughs> He does, does. and when he whispers, it's super creepy, so they just let him whisper the entire time. But (laughs) I have a question. In the books, is Cobb described as Marilyn Manson?
2: (laughs) No. I don't know, because I've not actually read the books. This is just me falling into the deepest hole on Wikipedia.
0: I have a a (laughs) big rant, and this is where I lost it in this movie and had to pause and go outside and cook, because I I was making dinner while I was watching this.
2: Really quickly... If you look up Orochimaru from Naruto, that's Cobb in this movie. He literally looks like Orochimaru from Naruto, so I feel like Naruto stole from Chipley. But no, continue with your rant, because I, I want to know what made you yeah, give okay, up yeah. on this so movie. So
0: at the very beginning, when um when Aren meets the slavers for the first time, and they're holding the girl hostage, and they're about to take her away, and yeah. they say, we're going to have a God. bit of fun with her. Yeah, villain talk. Yeah.
2: I'm actually uh, Cheat, cheat
0: Marin, Marin, but no Marin. one knows this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I love him as a right. weird second. So, all it's of a sudden, great. he
0: shows up with a sword that he can't draw from his scabbard, and he stands... At, well, no, it's first with the dogs, when he goes, I don't value my life. Now, in Japanese mythology, there is a thing called a kensai, a, a kensei, a sword saint. And these are swordsmen mm-hmm. that have their, their, their level of skill elevated so high that they no longer fear death. And when you no longer fear death in battle... The greatest feats of heroism can be accomplished because you're not afraid anymore. You, you value your skills mm-hmm. so highly that you know you're just going to do it. So when I see a guy standing up in front of a pack of wolves going, "I don't fear death. I don't value life. So this it's is where like, right, I die. This is yeah. where I die." It's like, okay, this is where awesome, epic, heroic stuff happens. And then he stands up to rescue the girl and goes, "I don't value life. Like I'm, I'm okay." And then he kicks the crap out of the three of them without drawing the sword. And this is where I had a thought, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to the thought about the sword in a minute. But first, he goes, I don't value life. Now, cut, break, 20 minutes later in the movie, he meets the girl again in the, when she's taking care of the spring lamb. Beautifully animated lamb, by the way. Rory drooled the whole time.
2: And then... Yeah, by the way, the the, the fight scene where he doesn't unsheat yeah, that sword is yeah. really good, too. That's some, right. that's like some quality animation. But
0: then... She whips out a stick, and she's like, "Uh, you're going to kill the lamb, and you're going to kill the cattle, and you're going to kill all the animals here, and I don't like you, and I can't trust you because you said you didn't value life, and I only want to talk to people that value life, and she storms out in a huff. And then five minutes later, they're standing on a hilltop talking. And he goes, I murdered my father. And she goes, tell me more. (laughs) And they keep talking. And then she hangs out with him and they become friends. And then she saves his life. It's like, I only want to talk to people that
2: value life. I don't value life. I killed my dad. Okay, but you're cool. So. (laughs) And then I checked out. What I think. What I think they do a bad job. <laughs> oh, he's definitely emo. <laughs> oh, God. The other side of him just, that shows up oh, where I've,
1: the hair is always in his eyes.
2: That's, that's the good him. He's definitely the emo baby. Yep. Like, he's listening to freaking. Joy Division. Oh, God. He's away. got like. I don't know. Yeah. So. That dates me. I think what they try to show that people who are magically inclined or are a part of the supernatural can sense things about people. Sparrowhawk does it several times. Do you think they could have explained that?
0: that? (laughs) This is my common theme throughout this review.
3: (laughs) They semi-tried to make you see it by him looking behind him all the time. uh, Saying that he kept feeling like something was coming. And then he had that shadow
0: version of himself that he was always afraid of. and
3: And he was able to
1: sense that there was something. He's like, something's wrong with this city. And Sparrowhawk is like, yeah, this city, the next
0: city. The world. Oh, yeah. By the way. By the way. Oh, yeah. Just over this next hill, we're going to get to the town. The town. The, the town. This port side uh, four million people size <laughs> metropolis. Which is the gorgeous. Town. Which is gorgeous. I, I I
1: have to take a moment and talk about the background painting and all of the landscapes and the cities and everything. Like everything is so Beautiful. The animation is a little more simple of like everybody that's moving, but all of these backgrounds, that art style is so gorgeous. It really has you buy into that fantasy world. Like honestly, I felt like I was in a D book.
2: So mm-hmm. so there's again on the special features on the Blu-ray. Um Suzuki talks about them. When Miyazaki when when they finally got the rights to do Tales of Mercy, Miyazaki uh Suzuki goes to Miyazaki and he says All right, you want to do this? Fine. But you need to show me the world we're going to inhabit in one picture. And he makes Miyazaki draw one picture so that they can then flesh the world out from that picture. And he draws that poor town.
1: And that's Miyazaki. That's what Because Miyazaki's an amazing artist. Ugh, I hate him.
2: <laughs> and, and that's what they built. the entire, like, So the town, the farm, all that stuff has been based around that one picture of Miyazaki. And like you said, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why the Trinity at Ghibli, Takahata, Miyazaki, and Suzuki were the ones that made things fantastic. Because Suzuki yeah. raided the men. Mind you, he reigned Miyazaki in by giving him focus. He reigned Takahata in by putting him in a cage and saying we can only let you out every seven years because the, the depression you give people is too the, much. The, dog. Like, look, there's got to be a yes, balance.
3: Exactly,
2: exactly. You know,
1: <laughs> Miyazaki brings the joy, and Takahata brings the soul-crushing despair that I we would, need to eat these berries. To I avoid. would, I would,
2: but his soul-crushing despair has points and socio-economical I would love to commentary. Look at <laughs>
0: And look at the annual suicide rate in Japan, and see if it peaks every seven years whenever Takahata brings out a movie. Because I'm pretty sure there's a correlation. Oh. oh, there's this odd, there's this odd seven-year annual sawtooth in the suicide rate. <laughs> oh, that's Co- not coincides bad. with
2: the six months oh. after you okay, release. How Mr. many of them are
0: animators? <laughs>
4: ah.
2: Every seven-year population control. <laughs> to be fair, they're not suicides. Oh. They're just murders. <laughs> they're just murders. Because again. That dragon fight in the beginning of this movie is only, what, like maybe two not minutes even. long? It's and not even anima- that long. And the animation in that is so good. Like, the blood, I the love fact the that the, that the, the white, yeah the white dragon clamps its claws into the black dragon's chest, and then the black dragon proceeds to rip its throat out, mm-hmm. and all of that is animated... The thing that I so. love
0: about Ghibli, all of them, is that they do not care about budgets. They have nope. their own budgets. They exist in a totally different plane. And until Pixar, they're like Disney, twenty-two until, million. On this until one. Pixar, so like
2: Disney,
0: even Disney movies, yeah, were like eighty minutes or ninety minutes tops. You know, there's that ninety-minute mark yep. that makes it a movie. Not Miyazaki. not Miyazaki. It's like you know what? Budgets be darned. It's I am gonna murder three thousand more animators because I have a story to tell, and it shows in the art and this movie is so beautiful it's not nearly as pretty as things like Mononoke, which was beautiful it, crap, but beautiful. and
2: see I think Mononoke killed the oh, yeah, animators yeah, yeah. With detail. but
0: the, you know this is this thing is as this movie is as beautiful as any of the other Miyazaki works. Yeah. Um, uh, it, yeah. it's, it's amazing comma but. It's just not that good of a film. So Um, one of the the
1: arguments that we were having while we were watching it was either this movie is either way too long or way too short mm -hmm. because it should have been a 90 minute movie. Let's just tighten things up a little or let's make a
0: 12 episode series and actually tell the whole story. If they flesh this out into Tales of Earthsea, a 12 or a 16 or a 21 episode, you know, 30 minute anime. I would watch the crap out of that. I would, be watch, so good. I would be
1: all over that. I would Prince Who? I mean, come on.
0: If
2: you want to, if you want to give me the book three, if you wanted to give me a four hour movie, and I know Zack Snyder did this and ruined <laughs> the world, the world, but you give me a four hour movie, the first two hours are book one and book two to tell Ged and Tanar's story. And then the last two hours tells the story of book three and book four and we get the backstory and the love story of of Ged and Tanar and the origin of Teru and what happened to the Aaron and the madness and all that stuff. But even
3: all of that just sounds like way too much yeah. for one movie, even two hours. Well,
2: yeah, because let's be honest, four hours of a movie is not a good thing, Zack Snyder.
0: Then give me then give me a then give me a four episode yeah. one hour miniseries yeah. of this.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, we've, we learned that this works, right? The Dune miniseries. We learned that Stephen King's works are done best uh, in form of miniseries. At,
0: um, look at the Sherlock. I was series, just thinking of the Sherlock series. Where it's... they did it. They did 90 minute episodes, but they would do three a season and they yeah. told amazing stories. Luther.
2: Luther yeah. with Idris Elba. Um, the, they're only what? I think it's four episodes a season or something like that. There's like JNP. an hour or something, an hour and a half. See, I think the problem with this, the biggest problem, is that Miyazaki, because they talk about in the special feature of the Blu-ray, that Miyazaki, again, he loved these books, he read these books, loved them.
1: But he was in the middle of an another epic; he couldn't have his hands on it.
2: Yeah, and he he again he wanted Ghibli's first movie, which which so, to be Tales of Urgency, not not Nausicaa.
3: So was this technically Miyazaki throwing <laughs> a temper tantrum?
2: Um, no. This was Miyazaki with a bamboo cane standing behind his son going, Be do this. You do this. Kill those animators. And he's like, dad, no, they need breaks. They don't need breaks. Murder those animators. Give me more detail. No, dad, seriously, they can't draw anymore. Their hands have turned into claws like crabs and lobsters. It then doesn't teeth. matter. <laughs> When you see My Neighbor the the Yamadas, that's what
0: happens when you have handless animators. They draw crap, and it's still a good movie. I mean, gorgeous. And it looks beautiful. My (laughs) Neighbor the Yamadas. Okay, uh, I have two interesting factoids about this movie. Yes. One, this is the only Miyazaki movie to be certified Rotten on Rotten Tomatoes with a score of 41%. Wow. Damn. Not a surprise. Also, it is the first Disney animated movie to get a rating of PG 13 and not G. Yeah, we know why. Oh come on, when Willem Defoe loses a hand at the end? Yeah. Oh, or, or when he stabs
2: his father in the heart? Like it's just...
0: Oh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, in the first eight seconds of the movie. Shanky, shanky, shanky. Step, 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 step. Like the
2: By the way, yeah. I told Jed we were watching this like a when when the when the handmaids are like, um, excuse me, your majesty, um, do you know where your son is? We've not seen him. And we're really worried about him because that's not how he rolls. So we're blaming the And the, the queen, queen is like screw that. No one cares about the sun. He's got bigger things to do. And I'm like, you're going to care about that in about five minutes. <laughs> and he goes, and the best part is... And the sad thing is, though, to
3: me, <laughs> the king seemed like such a good king. Yes! Like, he was
2: honestly worried about his people. And But I love Ghibli because they are kind of a-holes. Because they show kinda. a well-lit, beautiful hallway, and they stop in front of the stairs, and they're like, all right, your highness, we'll, we'll talk to you in a little bit, let you go get some rest. And it's just dark from the stairs up. And I'm just like, could you foretell his doom any harder? So there's, <laughs> um. so
0: my, my oh, second yeah. Japanese mythology point, there's a yep. there's a legend about um swords, about Japanese swords. I love this one. So there was uh, two sword makers that were known for making the most beautiful blades in Japan, and they presented two of their finest swords to a lord. And they were given a choice. The Lord was given a choice. Which sword do you want? So they, they, you know, he decided to do a test between the two blades to see which one was better. So what he did is he buried the swords in the soft sand of the bottom of a river so that their blades were facing upstream. And they dropped maple leaves into the water. And the maple leaves would be pulled by the current down towards the sword blades. And the one sword, whenever a maple leaf would approach the sword blade, it would cut the maple leaf cleanly in two like it wasn't even there. And the second sword blade, as the maple leaf would come towards it, it wouldn't touch the blade, but it would dance off to one side. So the maple leaf was never harmed or cut. And the sword says, the Lord says, I'll pick that one because that sword's not bloodthirsty. It cuts when it needs to cut and it preserves life when it needs to preserve life. Now, there's a scene with the magic sword in this movie, you know, the I do this for life. Mm. And then... I was really hoping he never drew that sword. Because, you know, when he's breaking swords just with the sheath, I thought that that was going to lead to, like, a lesson about how sometimes you can be strong without needing to draw your sword. And that the t- maybe that sword didn't even have a blade. Maybe the true strength, the true magic of the blade was that you can be strong without needing to be bloodthirsty. Nope! Then he cuts the bad guy's hand off. So...
2: <laughs> but... I think what they were going for with that is not necessarily a selection of violence but you can't run away from these violent situations because you made these choices right. that led you here so you need to finish this you made these choices so you need to finish it you wanted to save the girl got scared then decided i don't I don't care about life I'll save her And now you've been intertwined in all this stuff. You murdered your father and you're intertwined in that and you need to go face judgment for this. And so it's basically, I think, the story that Aaron learns in this is that you cannot run away from the responsibilities of your choice. And I think that's why he's able to unsheath the sword when he needs to save her. Because not only is he facing the decisions he's made and the repercussions, but he's also facing the problem that humanity has created. By separating from the dragon and making dragons and humans, he cuts off that dude's hand to save that representation—the unification of humanity and dragons. So he's also kind of fixing Do you that think problem they could have as well. That? I'm just going to keep saying that. <laughs> no, God, no! You better watch this beautiful animation.
1: Can't you, tell, can't you tell? Well, so we keep talking about how Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki, was like pushing his son and all this. Apparently. Uh, Hayao did not want Guru to direct. He thought he had a great artistic style. He liked uh, how he handled the Ghibli Museum, but did not think he was going to be a good idea as a director.
2: So, again, in the special features on this DVD, one of the things Suzuki says at the very beginning, he says, the idea to make this was was Hayao Miyazaki. And he did the world... In those designs, but every other yeah. decision character design was done by Goro. He says that up front and to the point. Meaning that it sounds like Miyazaki was trying to beat Goro with the with the bamboo cane saying do it this way, do it this way. And Goro was like, I don't care, Dad. I like this. I'm gonna do my thing and it was it like... It, it just it just People feels are like because understand again why the she Japanese, turns into a
1: dragon because of my beautiful scenery. Duh! no we didn't.
2: Yeah, or yeah, or Miyazaki's like, "Look, we don't need to tell cuz we all know that Miyazaki sometimes hatchets mm-hmm. the end of a thing. We don't need all this information. Just look, it's beautiful. They'll love it. Keep going." And girls like, "But dad, we need to like How does she get the scar, dad? Why is she half-dragon, dad? Who is Tanar, dad? We need to explain this. No, 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 no. Keep going. It's beautiful. Murder those animators. Like, like I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. Who
0: is saying what about what? I I don't know. Um, I I made a note here. Nutty, you wanted me to bring this up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nutty thinks that the evil villain at the end, when his hand turns into the goo monster, she thought he was the pollution monster from Fern Gully. (laughs) That got a reaction
2: from
1: yes. Please note, Jen laughed at that because she understands my reference, and I'm not the old only old person here.
2: Listen, listen, listen! You can't make that reference because at that point, I need Tim Curry in a Ghibli.
1: Wait, wasn't he in a Ghibli movie? Oh, we do. We did. We did. He was the king of the
0: cat returns. And and the, the the last line of my notes that I wrote is, and she's a dragon, apparently. Yeah,
1: she's, for some reason, she's a dragon. Yeah, we had Tim Curry in the last movie we watched, dude. Um, so, uh, I, I, like I said, I, th- there's elements of this. I would love to play yeah. a tabletop game in this world, an RPG video game, uh, see this as a comic book or a graphic novel, uh, but I have problems with it as a movie. Um, I'm I'm going to jump to the ratings here, if that's okay. Does anybody have anything they need to
2: say before we jump there? Nope. Oh, nope. so we haven't covered it yet. Matter of fact, we haven't covered. Goral's done three movies okay. right. by Injib.
0: So no spoilers. I hope there's First, a redemption arc here. <laughs>
2: there was okay. mm-hmm. Tales of Ursi. The second was from Up on Poppy Hill, which we here like. Although Jin almost broke my teeth. It's coming up. It's coming movie. up. And then the last movie that he did, which is the newest and latest Ghibli film. Something in the earwig? Earwig and the Witch.
1: Oh, that's a very controversial one.
2: And okay. we'll talk about it offline, but I have a Yeah, lot. that
1: one's not even listed on my list yet.
2: Yeah, because it just it came is- out. It came out like last year or this year. Like it, yeah. it, it, it was, su- it's super new. Um, but yeah.
1: I am giving this three and a half. Why'd he kill his dads out of 10? <laughs> um, It gets a point. It gets a point for the music. I like the music. I, I do like the music. It really puts you in the fantasy world.
2: There is a special feature on the Blu-ray that says the origin of the soundtrack. Yeah. I didn't get to watch the, that.
1: Uh, it gets a point for the art. The art is beautiful. It gets a point for Timothy Dalton's sexy voice. Sexy, sexy Timothy Dalton voice. I could listen to that all day. And it gets a point for the um, awesome dragons, especially the one at the end, even though it doesn't make any sense. But it loses more than half a point for and just I don't understand. I don't under. There's so many questions of why. So that is and to give my rating, uh, it's, it's hovering between actually I'm changing it to four because I'm looking at my rating system. I'm not going to say it's boring. It's not a boring movie. I'm going to say it's mediocre. Can we can we review our rankings sure. again? Zero is horrifying. One is dreadful. Two is tedious. Three is boring. Four is mediocre. Five is average. Six is solid. Seven is exceptional. Eight is dazzling. Nine is penultimate and ten is sublime. Stolen lovingly from Uh, I'm changing mine to a four now that I've read. It's mediocre. Okay. Me.
0: So I was going to give this a four out of ten. mm. And then I realized that giving it a point for the beautiful world that they built is not fair because Goro Miyazaki didn't build this world. His dad did, and Ursula K. Le Guin did all the heavy lifting. Therefore, he gets no credit, and I'm taking that point away. Also, the fact this, hey, 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 hey. big bonus points here, or I thought was a bonus point here, this movie has an ending. This is a Miyazaki. This is a Ghibli movie that actually has an ending. It didn't fair, just fair. stop. The songs halfway through the movie stopped. Yeah. But this this movie had a very definite ending. But movies should have an ending. Therefore, I'm not giving you a point for that. Therefore,
2: but I, I will say this: I do appreciate the ending where he says that I've got to go right. back and face oh, what yeah. I've done. Oh, I, I really do. It, that.
0: it was a good a good ending to the movie. But I'm not giving it a point for that because all movies should have an ending. So. I am going to give this movie points for the soundtrack because the orchestral score is beautiful the whole way throughout. And really, no one piece stands out in my head, but yet they helped set the mood throughout the whole movie. It did what a soundtrack should and did it very, very well. I love the score of this movie. Um, And it's beautiful, like all Miyazaki movies are. But beyond that, it was tedious. (gasps) It went on way too long, and I give this a 2 out of 10. Is that just because you needed to rank it below...
1: Uh, Princess Mononoke. Prince,
0: uh, okay. To the people I offended at Balticon, think about this. I like this less than I liked Mononoke. <laughs> uh
1: two out of ten anything?
0: <laughs> you already picked murdered fathers, right?
1: Yeah, well, I mean you could make it murdered fathers. Um uh I'm sorry? facial
2: scars. Two out of ten uh, facial scars. That's hating
3: on facial two scars. Two out of ten
2: really heroin know. berries.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs>
2: How about you, Jen?
3: Not my favorite movie. Um, I am because of this movie, however, I am extremely interested yes. to read the books. Um, like I would, I would love to know the actual story, but that also means that I'd have to get Miyazaki's uh, manga and all that. Drac too, Nutty. Edit. Edit
2: burrito. <laughs> yeah.
3: Did I cuss? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway, oh my <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna. It's really not my favorite. It's one that I had a really hard time watching the first time. I'm going to have to give this one a 3 out of 10. Um, greedy, older women. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> oh, that, was about, that was about the only part oh, that made the- me cackle. Oh, they oh, were, they were ladies. Terrible. The gossips, yes.
2: They were so great. We-
3: now she's a witch.
0: She's a witch. She's awful. I don't like her. More potion, please.
2: <laughs> Can we get a Tress McNeil Golden Girls? No, because no. Golden Girls is perfect.
3: It's
0: perfect. That
2: is, that is true.
3: I think I've watched every episode of Golden Girls at this point. We're starting from the beginning. It's. yeah yeah yeah. worth it
0: it holds up it's good it's a
2: great series.
1: it's on amazon prime in canada and it's on hulu in the u.s it is their 35th anniversary Mm -hmm. and it's amazing from episode one
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna brief aside here you know it's really funny the fact that you realize that betty white is older than estelle getty by a year yep and estelle getty plays the dorothy's mom
2: jason what's your yeah okay so i'm pretty sure i know what i gave whisper the heart which is a one nope you gave it a two. Did I not give it a one? I did. Okay. So, <laughs> brag. Can we edit that just for functioning? No. <clears throat> okay. So, here's the thing, right? This movie is on the level of Whisper of the Heart for Well, me.
1: think about it this way. You marked Whisper of the Heart as tedious, which... In your reactions, even though you're wrong, you believe it's tedious.
2: Just fair. I do. It's it's not a good love story for me. And I've seen a better one for Miyazaki that we got coming. But
1: it's still a better love story than Twilight.
2: I love the animation in this. I want more Ghibli go- dragons. If you could give me a fantasy world, like, like knights and ladies in distress and Excalibur animated by Ghibli, I'll watch the living tar out of that. Yeah.
3: Why do the ladies
1: have to be in distress? Yeah, I'm even more with that.
2: To be fair, let's get us some lady saving dudes and I'm with it. Because and that's one of the I love the dragons are great in this. The combat is great in this. I've said this I think since we started this. That Miyazaki does combat really really well. The combat in in is fantastic. The combat in this is fantastic.
0: The the, the two fight scenes of RN versus the slavers, the one in the town and the one on the tower. Those two fight scenes are some of the best swordplay I've seen in animation. It's really good.
2: I mean, and even in The Cat Returns, mm-hmm. the, the cat himself is great when it's sword fighting. And then the prince shows up later and does some really good stuff. But the the Swiss cheese plot of this movie is just ridiculous. And, I, and, to, and honestly, I got to give Miyazaki credit. He would have had to have made a four hour plus movie to fill in the holes or say, we're going to condense this a whole bunch. And like Nutty said, 90 minutes and we're out. So I'm going to give this a two because it's tedious to get through because of the plot holes. I mean, it looks beautiful. The dragons are great. I even like the ending. I like the fact that he says, no, I can't stay here. I, I got to go face what I've done, even though it's not his fault. And I, in my kid canon, he gets put to death. Nah, they freaking him. <laughs> <laughs> Burrito.
0: She's a freaking. <laughs>
2: Burrito.
0: You know, it's one of, you know, he's. He's going he's gonna to get tied up, he's going to get thrown off a tower, and then he turns into a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. In, inexplicably, because...
1: Because dragons. Because dragons. Cause dragons. Yeah, Can I turn
0: dragons. into a dragon? So what's your score, Jason?
2: Yeah, it, it's two beautiful flying dragons off into the sunset. Tearing
0: at each other's end. throats out.
2: At its end, yes. <laughs> because it just... And I feel like this was doomed from the start.
1: Okay. I, I have to report that we have a lot of firsts here. Okay. Um, well, this gets a 2.8 out of us collectively. Ouch. That is our okay. lowest yeah. score. That is the first time we've ever dipped below f- a five. Really? Um, yes. Yeah, because even with, with
2: my two on Whisper of the Heart, you guys rated it way above me.
1: Yeah. Whisper of the Heart is, is, uh, 50, uh, sorry, is five out of 10. And Princess Mononoke is five out of 10.
2: But I will say this, I would rather watch Tales of Arsi again than watch Whisper of the Heart.
1: I would rather watch Whisper of the Heart, and I might, I I don't know. I don't know which I'd rather watch um, between this and Princess Mononoke. Like,
2: very differently.
0: I'll watch Whisper of the Heart again with one of my nieces. Oh my gosh, yeah. As an intro to Ghibli things, and I'm sure they would really like it. I won't, but I'm sure I will enjoy watching this- it with my niece.
1: Also gets the lowest rating from all of us across the board for any Ghibli movie, with only one of us ever being uh, this low before, which is Jason. Jason gave a 2 to Whisper of the Heart. He gave a 2 to this.
2: I have a question, Yes. Carrie Elway's
1: voice? Oh, Timothy Dalton. Really?
2: Timothy Dalton
1: has a far superior voice.
2: Timothy Dalton's character in this versus the cat?
1: Um... The, yeah, the cat is Honestly,
2: like, if the
1: character was played by somebody else, I don't know if I would like Sparrowhawk as much as I do. Um, because what is making Sparrowhawk so good is Timothy Dalton's voice. Whereas if somebody else played the cat that Carrie always played, I, it would still be the same character.
0: How about this? Why do, why don't we do a remake of Whispers of the Heart where we have Instead of Carrie Els as the Carrie always says the cat, what if we have Danny John Jules playing cat as? Oh the my cats? gosh,
1: I wish that would be fantastic. Ow, oh, I'm come to save you, baby. <laughs> Ow. But this is the first <laughs> time I have du- ducked under five for a Ghibli movie, and the first time Jen has ducked under five for a and, Ghibli and,
2: movie. And I yep. will, and I will, and I will tell the the Twitchland and everybody listen. Going into Whisper of the Heart, I told them I did not like Whisper of the Heart. You're like, just wrong. And and <laughs> I love now I will say this. I love The Cat Returns. I liked Cat Returns. The Cat well, Returns I, was great. I, yeah. Muda is my favorite. <laughs> oh, Muda is my favorite. Peter He's Boyle. Just so good. Peter Boyle. Like, it's just so good. Um so here's here's one
1: thing I want to share with the listeners. Uh this movie is available in Canada and Europe and non-American countries on Netflix. It is available on HBO Max in the US. Is that correct? Yes. And you can often find them in bargain bins at this point. Um, I'm going to say that if you want to round out your uh, viewing of Ghibli, it's worth a watch. Um, Just to say you've done it.
2: And also... One of the things that I think people need to understand about this whole Ghibli cast thing is that we're judging Ghibli against Ghibli. Like I would put any Ghibli movie, including whisper of the heart against any other animated film, even those by Pixar. And I would put them above them because Pixar is just imitating Ghibli.
1: But I, I, I also think that because of this movie, I know at least two of us, maybe more, now want to read the books. So, I mean, it's definitely definitely has its positives. Um, I'm really glad that we did this. Uh, And what we have up next is the secret world of Aerie ID, which Jason's constantly wanting to talk about and spoil for us. So he only has to wait one more movie. Boycott Jason until you watch it.
2: (laughs) So we have one more movie until what?
1: I just said Secret World of Variety.
2: Uh, so what is is that's the next one or is there something yes. in between it?
1: That's the next one.
2: Okay, what's after Ariety?
1: Uh From Up on Poppy Hill. Oh! And then, so we have two movies to get through before the movie that Tech has been waiting to watch since we started this comes
0: up.
2: Y'all missed the reaction <laughs> she's working that. Night.
0: The love story of a boy in his plane, apparently. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh! So after Arietti and yeah. after Uncle Papa Hill, we get The Wind Rises.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. which the right and for the people listening and for the people watching, The Wind Rises is the movie that had the Japanese press declare Miyazaki a traitor and anti-Japanese, and they tried to blackball him for that. So
2: and then so, so and then after The Wind Rises, please, please, please tell me it's it's. It's the tale of Princess
1: Kavir. Uh First Laputa, Castle in the Sky.
2: Okay. Then the tale of Princess You made right, this that, list. No, no, no. That is a great buffer.
1: Yes. Because buff. because that's what we ended up doing. We had two downers in a row. And I said, we're not doing them in release order. We're going to do them. It, you, you need uh, to space things out for us, yes. Jason. Uh, so Jason. So Jason made this list. So
0: Nutty, what do you think the secret world of Arieti is going to be about?
1: I have no idea, and I'm happy to go in with no notions at all.
0: So the only thing I can think of, and I have, I have, I don't even remember seeing a poster. I know nothing about nothing. this, but I keep thinking of the Secret of Nim, and a bunch of like talking rats. So I
2: will tell no. you, Tech.
3: No. No. <laughs> no, 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 not a no. no damn word. No, I'm just saying that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he has come up with his own damn opinion.
1: No. Yep. Let us go in fresh. That's it. No, what no. Like, you have to be
0: quiet, Jason. Tell me later.
2: Tell. I saw that in theaters. I saw it. I, you I, I which one? Ar- Secret
0: of Arrietty or Secret of Nim?
2: I saw Arrietty in theaters. Okay, and Arrietty.
0: Jen, if he spoils anything, punch him. Hit him in the head with that Chambord bottle.
2: I'm really, I'm really thinking <laughs> about how to do, and I know. I know. <laughs> um,
0: the Nutty Bites podcast does not promote violence, except against Jason, <laughs> and then carry on. Um, By the way, if you ever see Jason at a convention, kick him in the back. He no, if you, lucky, a com- co- if you ever see Jason in a if you ever see Jason in a convention, do not kick him.
2: We will be buy me scotch, no. buy me scotch. But
1: he's a paratrooper. He has bad knees. Get him in the knees. But tell him you're hungry and he'll feed you. Uh,
2: but yeah, exactly. I will. I will. Usually, I have two pork butts with me.
0: Um, <laughs> On he, he calls it the
2: full dunk. <laughs> it is. It is a full dunk. So um, this is this.
1: You know, even though it is not a movie that any of us rated highly, I would say we all had a really good time watching it. And that is what's great about these intro casts. You get in, you can talk about these things.
2: I just hope I never have to research something as much as I did with this one. (laughs) Like, but... Oh, Do I you know you what feel I can like say. You've the books have completely redirected you from Secret of Ariety. Well, that's why I was getting back to it. No, I never- I know what I can say that doesn't spoil anything.
3: No, because you don't want to give him
2: any hint of anything. Well, no, no, it's not a hint. This is Secret World of Arrietty is my is is the second my second favorite love story.
1: Opinion yeah, so. spoilers. All right. So thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Um, if you. Have thoughts on Tales of Ursi, either the book series, the graphic novel, or, uh, this movie, please let us know. You can contact us in the Facebook, on the Discord. We would love to chat with you. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to
3: hear from anybody that's read the books. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, please
0: read, read. I know you read them. If you're here, if you're listening, <laughs> give us an opinion about the I, books. Cause I know I you're listening. I'd be
2: surprised if like Dave Robeson or Hugh ever read these. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, the same folks who probably read Ender's Game growing up probably read these, so talk I to me. I no.
1: expect, there's a quite, I could, let's see, uh, Rich the TT, I might oh. think would have read these. Um, Spence is telling us in the chat that they have not heard of it. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, um, known enough and in fantasy enough that there's quite a few in our circles that have read these books but also quite a few that haven't um so i'm i'm excited uh so yeah i bet he's read them. if you've read the books please come talk to us uh but talk to us in the discord talk to us in the facebook group wherever you want jen jason where can people find your podcast that releases every now and then
2: yeah, okay, yeah, like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, guys, there's a lot, but I do have four episodes waiting for me to edit, to put out, and you can find those when I do at com. because guys, to be fair, at nerds with Voices, everyone has a voice. Don't let Jason
3: lie to you, he is avoiding all of the movies that I have suggested lately.
4: <laughs>
2: no, we'll talk about this off air. Because she has, I thought I knew, I thought I suggested things that were like questionable and like people would be like, are you for real? She has been trolling the dollar movie bin at Dollar Tree. Hey,
1: some people have whole podcasts about
2: that. There is no dollar
1: bin at Dollar Tree. It's a dollar store.
2: It's a dollar bin. A dollar so bin.
1: please let us know what you thought. And um, we'll catch you around the next time with the secret world of Aerie ID. Bye. Bye. And before we go, we want to thank all of our patrons for making it possible for Nutty Bites to have two episodes a month for our server fees to be paid and everything else that goes along with this. Thank you so much for keeping us motivated and keeping us talking about these nerdy, geeky things. So thank you so much to our big daddies, Jax, uh number one, big daddy, Jason, rich, the TT. Thank you to our patrons of the arts, Andy, uh, Lynette, Mark Cabot. Uh, Mark, you need to talk to me. I, I need to get which art you want for uh, last year. Uh, Mark, the incaffeinated one, Melissa Bartell, the bathtub mermaid, the radical geek, and Susanna. And thank you so much to all of our patrons who are pretty much the bulk of our patrons. So thank you so much for co- your continued support and keeping us going. Thank you to Shane Cliff. Grig, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Mike, Patrick, Steve, Susan, Tibby, Will, and Zachman. Thank you so much, all of you, uh, for just keeping us going. You are awesome.
4: In the distant future, humanity entertains itself with countless hours of podcasts, But the Potosphere is troubled. Corporate networks and true crime shows rule the iTunes rankings with an iron fist. The year is 2019. Our only hope, the Nostalgia Pilots.
3: Welcome to Nostalgia Pilots, a podcast that for 100 years has fought
2: the evils of outer space. I'm your host, Hugh.
4: I'm Jared. And I'm Jason
1: And I'm Spence
4: Four podcasters fight back By watching and discussing Classic giant robot anime Hey,
2: do we have any of those cancers left? The, you know, the underwater ones? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, thanks, that's what we need in this episode Drop a couple Saturn rockets to it It'll be <laughs>
4: <laughs> Their first mission Tsunami Mainstay Mobile Suit Gundam wing.
3: Oh my god, you're describing the Spice Girls.
2: (laughs) See? (laughs) You get it.
4: Suit up at NostalgiaPilots.com